Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Navigating Love and Immigration. Today, I have special guests with me, Rich and Shelby. They are the owners and co-founders of Let's Not and Say We Did. Rich and Shelby are a dynamic duo, and Rich is the master of ceremony, and Shelby is a professional photographer. But their company, Let's Not and Say We Did, is really dedicated to providing couples with an authentic, luxurious wedding experience. But the cool thing about what both of you do, and I'm so excited to have you here, is just that you take a really holistic approach. You have really revolutionized the way wedding planning happens. And you help couples do so much more than just a master of ceremony and and a photographer. You help them, like you said, with flowers and music. And I've loved our conversations about how you really get to know couples and what is going to make their day one of the most special days, the start of their, their union. And so I'd like to turn it over to both of you to tell me more about your work in the world and what it is you both do and how you started this amazing company. I guess briefly, we can kind of just start with how we started. Neither one of us were in the wedding industry prior to 2019, which is when Let's Not started. Shelby worked with kiddos and multiple capacities, usually high, highly intense situations. I worked in trauma, trauma <laughs> care, yes. Which translates really well to potential stressful wedding uh, situations. <laughs> um, very well, actually. And then what I did prior to weddings, I was a banker and I worked with private banking and insurance and all of those things that nobody wants to hear me talk about. So that was my work in the world prior to what we did. And I was really struggling to find something that like lit me up with passion. So much so that when we moved out from the Midwest to Arizona, I had like seven jobs in one year. I was like trying to really find my place in the world. And Shelby like gave me the container and the space to like, hey, you don't like it? Like try something else. You don't like it? Try something else. And I never had that in any relationship, relationship wise or even parent wise. Like that was not something that was like, you just got to stick to it. And Shelby was kind of like, just try it. And if you don't like it, try something else. And so I was bouncing around to different industries and jobs and all of that. And Shelby and I got married during that period of time. We two eloped. We went up to Canada and had this beautiful elopement in Banff on Lake Louise. And it was in that experience that like the spark or the seed was planted for Let's Not. It was planted by the officiant. And the officiant... His name was Aiden and we didn't know him and he didn't know us, but Shelby loved his eyes. We had to like pick from like this lineup of people. And she's like, I want, I want him. He looks joyful. And he was, he was super joyful. And I thought, wow, like this guy gets to create these experiences, even though they're not personalized, but he gets to do what he loves in the most beautiful place I'd ever seen on earth. There's something like that got broken open in me. Like, oh, wow. Like one, we did things. Our wedding was so different. Like it was out in nature on this lake in the mountains, unlike anything that a lot of people, I guess, traditionally would expect a wedding to look like. So I was already being open to like something new 
and creative and intentional, Shelby and I really like set forth to make that ceremony our own. Like we, we, we were in charge of like, nobody was guiding us on like what we could do or how to do it. We were just like, this is what we want to do. So we did it and it turned out beautifully. I wouldn't have changed a thing. And I looked to Shelby and I'm notorious for somehow reading her mind and saying what she's already thinking. (laughs) And I was like, I could do that. I I was like, yeah, you need to do this. (laughs) I've had this gift of communication and I, and not really like didn't know how to harness it or like how to like bring it forth into a, a creative way or into an influential way. So we came back to Phoenix and a few months later, I just put my name out on the kind of like this bulletin board of Hey, I'll officiate, I officiate weddings. My name's Rich. And people started booking me. And instead of it being in Banff, it was in, you know, living rooms. And then it became like larger weddings. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really falling in love with this. And I would personalize each wedding. And getting to know how love works, it just leaves me in awe every time. Like from people meeting online, from people living long distance and meeting in different countries or meeting on a trip in Thailand. And they lived in like, Love has brought people together in so many interesting ways that it's like, it's made me lean into it a little bit more. And I love your logo of how like the plane is flying around. Trying to <laughs> Amazing. It's so interesting to see how love brings couples together. And during COVID, well, this was, I guess, pre-COVID, I was like, this is actually something I want to put my time into. And again, Shelby's like, chase it, follow. I remember you're, you, you kept telling me to chase joy because she could see how joyful it made me. Chase it. I'm like, okay, I'll lean into it more. And then I'm like, we got to come up with a name because I'm like, I want it to be more professional and have this appearance. And <laughs> so let's not and say we did was birthed out of me just writing a bunch of names down and scribbling it on a legal pad. I was thinking of every single thing that could come to me and I would just write it down. I burst in the house and I'm like, let's not and say we did. And Shelby was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, that's the company name. Like, that's it. And from there... I started booking larger weddings and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Now with COVID, everything shut down or everything was minimized to you have to do it outside or it has to be less than 20 people. And that was when I quickly realized I really like this intimate container. I like how nobody really knows what to do. Everything seems to be acceptable because it's a new like frontier of, hey, we could have it in the backyard. It doesn't have to be out in like this you know, venue, or we could have it in the mountains or on the beach. Like we can, we could do it. And elopement started to become more acceptable and not something that, oh, we're running away in secret. Nobody knows. It just became more of like a, this is what people are doing. It's common now. And it's also a more authentic celebration. And I think it gave permission for people to have what they wanted in the beginning. Or just be or just be themselves. Yeah. Have what they want in the beginning. A lot of couples are like, this is kind of actually what I really wanted. Like COVID gave me an excuse to do what we really wanted. Yeah. I'm like, this is so wow. yeah. Like there must be so many more couples that feel this same like sentiment of like, thank God we don't have to do it the way everybody else wanted us to do. So what that looked like was hey, Shelby's a musician. And she was already coming with me to most of the weddings, anyways. So I was like, hey. A lot of these ceremonies don't have music or nobody knows what to do because either it's remote and service doesn't work or nobody knows what to do. So we started to get booked together. And that was when I think things became really fun. 
Like, mm-hmm. because we got to go, we got to be with each other and these really cool places that people would hire us to go out and officiate and play music. And we started to realize that even in the wedding industry, there are people that do wedding work who aren't passionate about it. They just do it because it's a job like any other type of job. You have people who are, they do it from their heart. And then you have people who just, they have to do it, not because they want to. And we started to notice that the people we would be around these ceremonies where everybody there was so passionate and those type of containers, like, like I, we would be high for like weeks after some of these ceremonies. Cause you're in this like energy of love and people like you, it's so palpable and visceral that it just, it sticks with you. And we were like, why can't everybody be like this? Why does it only certain ones? So we decided, well, what if we controlled each piece and kind of acted as the gatekeepers and created the experience ourselves? Hey, let's be in charge of selecting the vendors. Like we're pretty good at deciphering like, hey, this person's passionate or like this person would, Shelby's an excellent matchmaker. Like their personality pairs up really well with this person. Like let's do it and let's make it very peaceful. Weddings have this default energy of like, I'm having a wedding, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Or it has to be it has to be stressful. Yeah. It can be renowned in a way that's like light and ease and very graceful. And what if you could have a wedding that was nourishing? Yeah. Out of one that was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't even sound possible. Kind of like a (laughs) a, a joyous, yeah. Joyous wedding, joyous wedding planning. There's like all kinds of like oxymorons there that doesn't seem like those things can go together. I, I think what really sparked that was us hearing constantly from like these larger weddings I would hear from brides or I'd hear, I'd overhear certain people in the bridal party say, oh man, I'm so glad the wedding days are like finally here. Like it's almost over. Like I just want to like be done with all of this. And I'm like, oh my God, like that. I, that's really that's sad. That's not what I want to hear. Like, And that's also not how we felt on our wedding day. Like I, we look back on our wedding day and we're like, oh my gosh, I want to live that over. And it was over so much again. fun. I was yeah. like, it was such a fun experience. And like, we booked a package that looks way different than ours. We booked a package that like came with different things. And we didn't get to meet our planner until the day of the wedding. We would just email back and forth and like send her cashier checks in the mail. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Cross our fingers and and like, you know, we trusted that it was all going to turn out okay. And it it did. And everything about what we do is very personalized. Like, because we don't see ourselves just being in the wedding industry, we're in the relationship industry. So every couple that we work with, we intentionally have a consultation call over Zoom. We want them to see us and we want, we want to see them and we want to feel them out and See, you know, what, why are you eloping? What's your reason? Like, is it because you want to, or is it because you have to? And and why are you inviting? Some people invite, you know, up to 20 people to these intimate events. Why these 20? Like what's special about them? Mm -hmm. And the ones that like bring people who are like their squad or like their like ride or die type of people. It's like the celebration just is everybody's super excited. Everybody's uplifting the couple and admiring them. and. It's really like humbling to once I get done with the ceremony to stand back as Shelby's taking photos or as the couple's sharing their first dance. And just I take it in. I'm like, holy cow, like we created this. And it's also like it's being created and destroyed like simultaneously. <laughs> like it's almost like watching the hourglass like yeah. down because we've done all of this work to prepare. And sometimes it's one month out, and sometimes it's people book us a year out. And 
either way, like the wedding day is just watching this beautiful creation unfold and blossom. And then at the end, it's like, it's, it's this beautiful creation that we can look back on and say like, wow, that was, that was epic. And that yeah. was so amazing to be part of. And stay in touch. We've had so many beautiful relationships come from what we do. And that's why we're very intentional about couples that we take on and, and making sure they align with kind of our vision for what we, what we see as like what the wedding could be versus like what it has to be. Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, you shared uh, so much of the, your, your, the evolution of, of realizing that this was your calling and then the name of the company and then this working together. There was so much in that, that I want to unpack, but I, something that I really like is that you had mentioned just the way that love starts, like just the, the very serendipitous moments in which couples meet. So you said you've learned a lot about how, how I think your words are like how love starts. Or, so tell me more what you have observed from being in this industry and what you're seeing with, with couples who have fallen in love. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Like it's so powerful. So there's a significant amount of people that meet online, right? That's pretty common. Shelby and I met on Tinder, believe it or not. And I would say, I don't know, probably 25% or so of our weddings are couples who've met online in some form. And that's becoming more common. It may be higher than that. I'm obviously making this percentage up. The couples that don't meet online and that meet in person, like I just officiated a wedding on Sunday and this couple met, he lived in Arizona, she lived in New York and he would go up and visit his brother and he was at a house party and he was getting ready to leave. And he turns and notices his now wife, Corinne, walk into this house party and he goes, I got to talk to her. Like he was getting ready to leave. And he said, I, I have to talk to her. And even his brother was like, dude, you have no chance. Like, she's not going to talk to you. No. They talked for four hours. And then he went back home to Arizona and she stayed in New York. And they just kind of like happy birthday messages for the next couple of years. And then he finally like, he's like, I can't stop thinking about you. Can I come back to New York and take you out to dinner? Goes back. They start this long distance relationship. And then they make the trek all the way to Arizona to move in together. And then they, they just got married on Sunday. And it's mm -hmm. like this idea that like fate, like this idea of being love struck, like it's a real thing. Yeah, um, I agree. We've had people who've like Suzanne and Brent, they lived in different countries, but they were visiting Thailand and doing like this island hopping tour. And they happened to sit next to each other at a dinner table one night, <laughs> six years later of like back and forth trips from Ireland to New Jersey. And they asked us, like they reach out to us to get married. Like you can literally meet your partner for life in any situation. And mm hopefully -hmm. that gives some people hope because I think a lot of people, <laughs> even Shelby was like, how am I going to like, I think you should tell your like where you were at before we met. Because even though we met online, I, I still think the truth of like love can strike at like any moment. Yeah. And, and it even happened with us. Okay. So I was living in Springfield, Missouri. and. I was kind of like screaming at the universe, like, hey, I've been doing all of these things right. <laughs> or, or like I've I've like put myself out there or I'm like, I'm trying to like serve humans in a really beautiful way. And I just had this moment of like You were also fostering two Yeah. Daughters. So I was fostering two little girls who were at the therapeutic level of fostering care. So I had really strict bedtime routines with them. I had to be very strict with um their schedule. And so I was like, how am I gonna meet someone 
if these girls have to go to bed by seven and I'm like stuck at my house and all of this stuff, which again, I loved doing it. And I knew I was supposed to be doing it. So I kind of screamed at the universe in my Jeep for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get on Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) And within 24 hours of having that app, I I literally matched with him and I was like, okay, cool. I'm done. Like (laughs) I found him. And we ended up like FaceTiming for two weeks before we actually met in person. But I was to, I was in the military. I don't even know how we, I wasn't matched. even in the same city. Yeah. We hear this a lot. Some couples who met online, they're like, we, I don't know how the app matched us up because we live two hours away from each other. And I didn't even have the radius set to that. Yeah. It's just like, you can find love anywhere. And this whole idea of like love at first sight is a real thing. It does exist. It's not a fairy tale. Also. With that being said, and in the same breath, as your love struck, you're also making this commitment to, can I show up even when it's difficult with this person? Like, is this somebody like I can make the commitment to showing up for myself and showing up for them on the good days and on the days where I'm like, not my best? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to be a mirror for me? And can I be a mirror for you? And that's, that's been like something that we, we kind of set out with, a, with those type of intentions very early on. Yeah, I think that we were able to grow together and I had never been in a relationship with somebody that I could grow with. I was always outgrowing the other person and this was the first relationship that I was like, oh, we can actually grow together and we can hold each other accountable and I might trigger you and you're still going to show up and be here. Like, how can we work together in a way that's very loving while still maybe being activated? I want to say one more thing that's coming up and that's there's also been a significant amount of couples who like they met in some form or fashion, whether they worked together, they served in the military together, they knew of each other and they really, really liked each other. And then they separated and went different ways. They weren't in a relationship of any kind. And sometimes they were, but sometimes there's like this 10 or 15 year gap. And then somehow the universe brings them back together when they're primed and ready. And it's like, that's happened several times. And those of like, are very mind-blowing. Oh, we hadn't, yeah. we hadn't talked to each other in 16 years. And I saw them, like, they got a promotion on LinkedIn. Or, <laughs> like, I went to them at the grocery store and was like, yo, who are, like, how have you been? And then all of a sudden, they're in love. Like, it, <laughs> they're like, I loved you, like, 16 years ago, but I didn't know what to do with it. Or, like, I loved you, but I was in a, rela- we were both in relationships. So, like, for also for listeners who are like, well, like I just went through a really tough breakup and like I thought this person was the one. Like, love also provides hope. Like, for me, it's like seeing how couples have met, it's just like, don't give up. Like, there's always more in store. And the couples that I think come back after, like, they circle back after so many years, their chemistry together, it's like they had to do some inner work and have and learn whatever lessons they've agreed to learn while they're here before they could enter into like the partnership that they're in. And they've been so much fun to work with. Yeah. And I think the way that you're describing all of these unique ways that couples meet, I've, I've had that experience too, working with couples in the immigration context, all of the same things, just like these meetings online where someone will, will comment on someone's, you know, post, like you're saying on, on Twitter or wherever, wherever on anything. And then they just make that connection and start messaging each other. 
or even people who I, I know that they've, they were like studying abroad a decade ago or traveling and met someone. And it's, I kind of imagine it or think of it as like magnets. You know how, like when you have a magnet on the table and you're playing and you just kind of keep moving them and then one of them will, will be attracted and they'll come together. I kind of just visualize it that way that people just kind of just find their way. Sometimes it's a little slower. Sometimes it's instant, but finding your other piece, your other half and that growth together. So, so beautiful. I didn't, of course, we got into some relation, almost some like relationship advice, but that's part of what both of you do. So tell, tell me a little bit more about this container and the way that you work with couples and help them to have an uplifting experience. Our packages, like if you go to our website, let's not and say we did.com, you're going to see elopement packages and you're also going to see micro wedding packages. So micro wedding is kind of a new term in the wedding industry. I wish they would have chose something different because I'm not too fond of the word micro anything, <laughs> but for the sake of it, it's a micro wedding. And essentially what that means, everybody has, and it's also not defined fully. For us, we define it as like less than 30 people. So whether it's an elopement or a micro wedding, there's going to be less than 30 people. If it's an elopement, that to us means just the couple. You're going to see different packages. A lot of the packages are the same. Like you get your hair and makeup, you get your floral, you get your officiating, you get your photography, you get your dinner reservations, you get your live musician. All of those things can come across very cookie cutter. Like, oh, like, and, and there's a lot of companies that are like packaged it. Like you get these things, and they don't really allow for much customization. And to me, that, that's missing the whole point. It's like, we're going to make it easy for you, but you're not going to be able to really touch it and bring your, like, flavor. Bring your own flavor to it. And we're <laughs> like, we want to make it peaceful and stress-free. And we want you to collaborate with us. Every experience is a collaboration. So we constantly tell couples, this isn't our wedding. This is not our celebration. It's your celebration. So we're collaborating together on how do you want to be celebrated? Some couples want it to be very private. I want it to be an elopement. I want it to be away from people. They're very particular. These are the things I want. And then there's other couples who are like, I don't really know. Like, I, I see this photo. Like, I kind of want that. Like, can you help me like design that? And it's this fun process of like getting to spend time with couples, really bringing what, what they envision their experience looking like. So mm -hmm. when it comes to the people who are involved, take for instance, like your hair and makeup artist, thousands of them exist just in Phoenix where we mm -hmm. live. So it can be overwhelming if you have to go out and try to find a hair and makeup artist. You're like, well, what do I look for? What's the price? Will I even like this person? Shelby and I have a, a really intense vetting system. We've worked with a lot of vendors here in Phoenix, so we're very familiar. But if a couple's like, hey, we want to go to Montana or we want to go to Oregon, we have a vetting process where we make sure to connect with the vendors over Zoom and really feel out their passion for what they do. And it's not just like, oh, they, they look cool, like we're going to hire them. Like we want to connect with every vendor who's involved. And we tell the couple, that, you know, here your hair and makeup artist is going to be the first person you see on your wedding day. It's important that they show up with joy, with joy and, and, and like make you feel like a queen. Or we just added like a, a barber experience because I was like, I like my hair and my beard to look nice. And I got my hair cut, I think, right before we left. And I'm like, what if people could come and we could provide that service to them? And it's, it's really like, I have a gift of like keeping an eye out for incredible talent and incredible like vendors, whether it's musicians, hair, makeup artists, florists, 
even videographers, private chefs, like all of these different things that you could add. Shelby and I try to experience them firsthand before we recommend them because we wouldn't want somebody being involved that we wouldn't want on our own or our own power renewal, whatever that looks like. So that looks different for each couple. Some couples are like, we at least have three planning sessions. That's, that's a minimum. So one is typically very planning focused. What, what's today going to look like? Who's involved? How do we go from point A to B to C and then back to point A again? What does that look like? That's very logic, logic based. And then there's a ceremony call because a ceremony is very heart centered. It's very emotional. Typically you're tapping into love and what you love about each other and your story has nothing to do with logistics at all. So that's saved for its own call. And then we usually have a call about a week out. We review the timeline. We kind of walk through the day. Here's how the pace is going to go. And I think something to even say about the timeline, because that's something that's very important, is we create space throughout the day. And a lot of weddings are rushing the couple throughout like the entire process. So, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And I do not want people to feel that way on their wedding day. The point is to soak in every moment and hey, like go enjoy the sunset. Hey, we have space if something happens. Like there's, it's, it, I never want it to feel rushed. And so that's another way of just approaching it with a nourishing and uplifting attitude versus like, oh, you have to be here on time or something like that. I also yeah. think for even the couples like that feel like they have to go to the courthouse, like you had mentioned, like a lot of this 90 day window where couples feel like, well, am I going to get what I actually want? You know, you think about the courthouse, at least the way it works here in Phoenix, you, you can't make an appointment. You just go. And if it's busy that day, you just kind of wait in line until it's your turn. They only accept cash. You have to bring your own witnesses. Like none of that sounds fun. Also, try one-way streets and parking downtown and trying to figure out how to pay for parking and which meters accept credit cards and which ones don't. Even if you're just like, let's just keep it simple and just go to a courthouse. That can also be pretty stressful. And like, like it can also be confusing for people. Like, oh, I didn't know I had to bring my own witnesses or I, I thought I could make an appointment or they only take cash. Like there's so many like archaic like both in the wedding space, the traditional wedding space, and even in the courthouse, it's all kind of archaic. And it's like, it can all be renowned. And so mm-hmm. even with that 90-day window, that's like prime. Your momentum is there, your energy is there, like your focus and intention. The excitement is there because you're like, oh my God, it's like finally here. It's within the next three months. It's within the next two months. It's actually plenty of time. For us. For us. Yeah. And you're kind of, you're kind of getting ahead of me. I know that this is, that was something we wanted to talk about, but (laughs) I I do, I definitely want, cause I know that that for our listeners, especially for individuals who are going through the fiance visa process, that 90 day window, there's just a lot of rumors and there's just this belief out there that it's just not possible that they want to, that they want to be able to get married right away so they can file their paperwork. Rich and Shelby, you were the first people who've ever said 90 days is a perfect amount of time. It's a great window to be able to to get married and to plan a wedding rather is, is what the 90 day window that you said that's a great amount of time. So tell me more why that is. I think the whole adage like strike while the iron's hot. To me, one, I, I love networking and I like things being very fast. I'm a very efficient person. That's It's a double-edged sword. Um, <laughs> It can be a double-edged sword, but I, I work very efficiently. And to me, 
an elopement traditionally, I guess, is understood as like running off somewhere and being in secret and not telling anyone. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. You can tell people there's ways to really make it special, even within 90 days of like, hey, before you guys come to elope, create some invitations and send them off to people. Like when you leave, like, hey, by the time you get this, we're going to be celebrating. Like there's ways to include like people who can't make it. If that's something that your listeners are concerned about, like, oh, well, we really wish we could have our families be there and that's just not possible. There's other ways to like cater to that. The 90 day window, like for us, it's just it's plenty of time. Like the first time we did this, the first package we offered, we had seven days notice. Wow. Uh, not that I want seven days notice every time, but I know, like, I know we can do it. And some of the best experiences we've had have been one or two months out. Mm-hmm. And it's like the couple knows they're in this, it's like this zone. Like they get, they get hyper-focused on like, we're in wedding planning mode and like, they're more engaged. If you try to plan an elopement like two years out, we don't even accept those. It's like, mm-hmm. we don't, that's way too far out. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to be in two years, 90 days. I have a really solid idea of where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And if a couple's like, well, Hey, we want to go to the mountains or we want to go to the beach. I know where we're going to be in 90 days. Like that's, that's not an issue. Lodging, getting lodging 90 days out is usually a really good time. Plane tickets 90 days out is usually a sweet spot. So like cost effectiveness when it comes to like the whole well-roundedness of the experience from flights and travel and lodging and cars and all of that, all of those things are still available and they don't need to be booked a year out. And because it's an elopement, it's just the couple. So you're not worrying about 20 other people's, you know, travels and work schedules. And did, is everybody going to find lodging? You're not worried about any of that. So you're really stripping away everything to just focus on the couple. And 90 days is like plenty of time to nourish and uplift. And it's also because we do the majority of our weddings out in nature on trails or in the mountains or like in those beautiful areas. So you're not needing a traditional wedding venue, which some of these wedding venues are booked out to 2024. And that's so, exactly what couples will say as they say, well, it's so hard with the fiance visa because we're at the mercy of immigration. We could get an approval tomorrow and then we don't know when the visa will be issued and it's hard to plan for a venue. But I know you said when nature is the venue, you don't have to necessarily book two years out <laughs> to be able exactly. to have that. So. Exactly. And I would say we do a lot of our, I would say we do a very strong majority of our elopements during weekdays. So there's also this like misnomer of like weddings have to be on a Saturday. And with an elopement, it's like weekday elopements are the best because they're less trafficked, less crowds, uh, more availability when it comes to like dining and hotels and all of those things. So it really supports the whole experience in a very indirect way. Mm -hmm. And I think... There's a parallel too of what you were saying with what happened during COVID. And during COVID, it was kind of like all of these uh, norms and these these rules about how weddings wedding planning has to be done was kind of thrown out the window. And I see with with couples going through an immigration process, they've been dealing with immigration and a bureaucratic system and paperwork, and it just feels very. It, it's just so systematic. It's just like, you have to do this and then you stand here. And then so many couples feel like, okay, well now I'm here and I have the 90 days. We just have to get married and they just get it done. And I'm not saying that they're the celebration they have isn't special or, or, you know, a day that they were really truly able to celebrate, but they do rush through it. And I know a lot of couples tell me, oh, I, 
I wish I could have a really meaningful wedding. We wish we could have a celebration that was beautiful that we could plan and they feel like that they can't. So you're saying, you know, that 90 days is good and that they, that they can have this, this beautiful ceremony. So tell me a little bit about why that ceremony is so important. Why is that such an important way to honor that union and that relationship instead of rushing to the courthouse and just feeling like they're rushing through more steps in the immigration process? I think that in the West, in America, <laughs> modern <laughs> America, um, we don't have any like ceremony. We don't have any rite of passage. We don't have any like traditions and all of those traditional things have been kind of stripped away from us. And marriage is a stepping through some type of like threshold. You're going through a transition. It's like, it's a very transformational moment. And to give it the honor and the space that it deserves, like, I think that that's really important. And I think that Rich does a really good job of holding holding that space and making your love story, like everyone's love story is important. And why wouldn't you want it told for you in a way that's super personal and just full of, full of love. And I think we're also, we use different tools throughout the day. So we offer a cacao ceremony and we usually do that during the first look. So we're already so cacao is a, is a heart opener. And so it's a drinking chocolate that I make and I pray over and I sing over and I give that to the couples and then they share this eye gazing. And so they're gazing into each other's left eye for a pretty good amount of time. And we're not even in the ceremony at that point yet. We're just kind of pre-ceremony, you know? So like there is this the way that we do weddings is just very intentional and it can be very intentional regardless of whether you're doing it with us or not. You can have these little sacred elements that enhance your entire experience. So we also use um, grounding tuners. So we use tuning forks that are really low and grounding and calm the nervous system. So we, we're trying to implement all of these really unique and healing traditions and give couples just a really unique experience. Yeah, that's a beautiful way for them yeah, to start their union. I think that's so important, especially for uh, all couples, but especially for couples who've gone through the immigration process. I always say that immigration process can become like a third wheel in your relationship, or they just are so hyper-focused on this process that you know it takes oftentimes years to get through. And it's so nice to just be intentional and refocus on the union on the couple on why they're going through all of this and to start to start their marriage that way because i know we get to the end and they're like oh my gosh i just like it was a long time but it still feels like are we married and how do i have my green card and it just felt like a a blur even though it's a long time so i think it's so important for them to to do that and and honor the union in that way each you've given so many um important tips not just about wedding planning but about relationships in general but what would be a tip that you would give to couples, be it a relationship advice tip or in in terms of wedding planning, what would be one tip you would want couples to know? I would suggest that you show up authentically in your relationship and in your wedding space with without any like hindrances. So like I want couples to be empowered to show up as themselves with joy and with confidence. 
And I think that's important with any relationship where I can, I can be seen and I can show up as I am. And I, I don't know. I think that's really important. Yeah. We tell couples, you aren't allowed to hold it together here. And Shelby and I create the container for you to not have to hold it together. And that can be seen in the wedding space, but it can also be seen in a relationship. Can you be in a relationship or is your relationship with someone where you don't have to hold it together? That's a question. That's an introspective question. You have to, each person has to ask themselves, like, can I be a complete mess if that's the way that I am today? And can this person hold that space for that? Can they, can they hold me in that? Or does it make them want to run away? Oh God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So it's, it's not just like a question for, like, obviously you're asking yourself, but it's a, it's a question to really ask your partnership. Hey, I've asked myself this and I feel like I can not have to hold it together. Like, can I just allow myself to be who I am? Do you accept me as I am? Can you accept me with all of my, and, and really that's, that's why people enter into relationships and your wedding, when you were describing what, what you were saying about how like, I don't exactly remember every word, but the word that was coming up is like dedication. Like we're giving space for you to honor your dedication. Think about the things we give dedication to. We're going to dedicate this building. We're going to dedicate this day. Even like when somebody gets their citizenship, like you're dedicating yourself to this process. Mm-hmm. You get the stamp on your paperwork and you get the visa approved or however the situation goes. Like you're dedicating, like that's a dedication. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. And relationships take dedication. And why not have a day that is dedicated to your union? And that willingness. Yeah. And like you said, and that willingness to love, love the other person. Like I will tell my husband to love me the way I am. Like, do you love me off the shelf? Like the way that my package, everything, just how I am and how I show up. Can you love me off the shelf like that? And I think that that's, that's really powerful for couples to, um, to hear that. And that's something that when I'm working with couples too, and I know they want to dive right into the immigration process, but to learn about their love story and where they're at in the relationship and how do they show up, you know, under situations of stress. And like you said, to be able to hold that space, because, you know, that I've, I've heard that, uh, that saying or that quote, that it's really easy to love someone when they're showing up the way that you want them to. But what if they're not having a good day? Or what if they're you know, showing up in, in stress or can you hold space for them to be them, to be themselves, their, their authentic self. And so I love, I love that advice uh, for couples. Yeah, that's so, it's so, so beautiful. And uh, you're right, that dedication, we even have oath ceremonies, everything's so official in the immigration process. Why wouldn't you do that for the, the heart of the entire thing, your relationship as a couple? So thank you both so much for being here. It's been such an honor. And if anyone is listening or watching this, please go and check out Rich and Shelby's website. The photos that Shelby takes are just phenomenal. They're out of this world. I told both of them that I I need to, my husband and I, we need to get married again so we can have this beautiful uh, celebration of our union and also to have those amazing uh, photos to remember the moment. So please go and check out their website. Thank you both so much for being here again. It's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you. Thank you. Thank you.